0: Listener Production.
1: Okay, are you recording?
0: G'day and welcome along to Episode 8 of the Howie Games and I'm truly stoked to bring you today's guest, a man who I used to trek along to the MCG to watch bat whenever possible, the legend Dean Jones. I first met Dino years ago working on a show called Sports World for Channel 7 and we went out to the northern suburbs of Melbourne to shoot a story with Dino playing golf alongside Aussie golf legend Craig Parry. Now, Dino played a good game. He hits a good golf ball and he talked up a really, really, really good game, hence the nickname legend. Hope you enjoy this chat with Dino because he is a star. Oh, my Jaja, tell me why won't they open up their eyes? They could help out if they try, try, try. If they would try, try, try. Well, today we welcome to the Howie Games.
1: Fairy fairy games. Games. What do you think, Dean James? <laughs> what, what am I, the shot putter or the discus <laughs> or where is it being played? Is it every four years or what is it? Well, hopefully it's not every four years.
0: Hopefully it's not every four years. Hey, I've got to say, I really appreciate you sitting down here and, and I said a little bit about it in the intro that me growing up and, and being in the country out in, in country Victoria, um, without being silly about it, mate, whenever you were playing at the MCG, it, it was... It was a thing you had to do. You had to go and watch Dino bat there in in the eighties and nineties. The, the MCG was you were the king of the MCG. So I really am stoked that, that you're sitting down with me. You must, well, without getting too far into that, you must have so many fond memories of that time when you were one of the biggest sportsmen in Australia, if not the world, mate. Uh,
1: well, it's thanks for those lovely words, Howie. It's. Um it's it's funny. I've come to an age now. A lot of people talk about their childhoods a little bit, and I was sort of part of that, which is really cool.
0: It, it, you're uh, a massive and,
1: part of it. Yeah, and, and yeah, you know, the Kookaburra bat. Oh, I had that Kookaburra or County bat or whatever they tried or added us or what it was. But it was a an interesting time uh, in my life. Like my daughters, when I. I Young kids, when we drive past the G, they saw oh, there's Daddy's office.
0: Yeah,
1: well, I put yeah, I just put in the southern stand. It costs four hundred and sixty-five million to actually fix <laughs> it up, girls. Yeah, that will be right. But that, that that is it. It's um, I've played on the ground more times than Kevin Bartlett, more times than any other athlete. Right. So, which is really kind of cool because I also play for Victoria for 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 people listening and uh, Melbourne Cricket Club as yep. well. So for all the times I, I done it. So. And I have a bar at one end. It's, I still have to pay for beers there, uh, which is quite sad. I don't have any drink cards there at all. <laughs> That's a bit disappointing. <laughs> it is, uh, but it's uh, it, it's been a major roller coaster ride to actually, you know, to to uh, represent your country and uh, represent Victoria, of course, and to win stuff and and. Uh, be number one in the world with one day cricket, uh, for four years and, and then you know and now I'm coaching for Islamabad United and I'm about to go to Hong Kong and do all those type of things for coaching and all that and, and help a couple of Victorian under fourteens to under seventeen kids to see where right. they to reach their dreams. Um but there's always even now when I walk on the G it's it's ridiculously it's it's that special place. Is it? I, I don't know. I I know every blade of grass on the joint. I even got up my um uh, a small block of land next to my house, and it's got the uh, actual grass from from the MCG when they when they're ripping it up. So, right. and I got the boys to put it in. So it was really cool. Mm. it was you mentioned some of the things there and
0: helping youngsters now and being in Islamabad in Pakistan I know you've just got back from India for mm. a trip number 137 137 times to India so mm. cricket has been amazing for you go let's go way back because I know your you, mm. your dad was heavily involved
1: in cricket what are your first memories were, were cricket linked to them where you know where'd you grow up well, I was a uh, Mount Waverley boy basically um, uh, well not really uh, first time we lived in middlebury road East Burwood, Oh, yeah. my, my, my dad, just to give my background, my, my father played, was captain coach for Carlton for in cricket for 20 years, but he also played um, football for Coburg, VFA, played over 200 games there, um, Played against, represented Victoria in the VFA in the 1956 uh, Carnival, played against Peter Box, who was the Brownline medalist, kicked him. Um, dad got best on ground against Victoria, the VFL team, Right, the, what they call the Simpson medal or something. I've still got the medal at home for the best on ground. Um, out of the match. Um, Dad, Dad played um, uh, under 19s and reserves footy with Carlton. Um, uh, did his shoulder dislocated his shoulder badly? Uh, Carlton wouldn't pay for the operation back then. Coburg did, so he went back and played for Coburg. But the the doctors all told him, you you, you guys need to Barney's name was um, needs to um, put more uh, work on the gym work on his shoulder, and so therefore. He end up playing for Carlton, and as a boy, uh, I just remember always get taken to the rooms and absolutely decimating the kits picking up all their bats and just when the boys are walking off the ground it might be 100 degrees at Carlton and their kit and their shoes and rubbish would be all over <laughs> the Carlton dressing rooms oh did I get some foots in the bum along the way let me tell you what, what nice. a
0: magical time though was, watch, yeah. watching your dad yeah. and I, I presume these guys playing with Carlton were
1: larger than life and your heroes in a way. It, it was because we also had the Carlton Football Club we will go and watch it watch the Carlton Cricket Club this wonderful affinity and closeness between the two Clubs, which doesn't happen now. Um, memories I have of Ron Barassi, fighter who was co- who was coach of Carlton at the time, was fighting like my dad head and head to head. It was they were almost fisticuffs. Dad wouldn't let the footballers be on the ground because it was Carlton Cricket Club's time. Carlton Cricket Club owned the 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 um, alcohol license on the ground, so okay. they had a fair bit of control, you see. And but yeah, but I remember they. they the Colton footballers would always come to our house because they liked my old man and uh, blokes like Adrian Gallagher and Percy Jones and or Brent Croswell and all these guys would come across to our house and I was nine and ten and getting all their autographs and you know and then Dag will go and watch them during the winter and you know and at Princess Park and um and I would see I would see uh, my uh, my Dad be absolutely getting smashed up in the Harris up in the old stand and I'll be kicking cans and kicking goals thinking I was. Alex Jeselinko or something like that. It was like a, it was a great time to be a kid. All all it was is sport, but I love my footy more than my cricket. But I just happened to be better at cricket as 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 uh, I got a bit bigger and older. What was your
0: first memory of playing a game of cricket?
1: Uh, first game easily um, ten years of age, duck. Um, dark, dark third ball. Yeah, not How'd happy. Go? How'd you go? how uh, I, I think re- I just whacked it up in the air. <laughs> That's good recall, Dino. You know? Yeah, good, nice start. <laughs> uh, so I can only be—it's only the up from there. But I had a—I had a good year. But I got a 100- hundred. Um, a little bit later in the so year, your, your first They're first 100, 117 against Wattle Park United. As a 10 year old? As a 10 year old. <laughs> what was the weather that day? That um, was a good recall. It was. It was a, It was blowing a little bit from the south, <laughs> southwest, but uh, I got hold of the spitter. Uh, but anyway, no. It was, um, so that was my first one. Um, I played that's for EBs Cricket and the Box Hill Reporter. Played another year, and then I went to uh, Dad Move. We moved from there to Mount Waverley. And um, I played for Ashwood Cricket Club. And. Uh, just Played there one year. I think I got I scored over 2,000 runs, and then my dad said,
0: As a how old?
1: Uh, just turned 12, Twelve. my first year in under 14s. So you were a standout from a young age, but it was a skinny silly. little runt, and I wasn't a big boy uh, at all. But yeah, I, I got runs for the under 14s and seniors in that year, so and I remember I got a 250 in the grand final against Surrey Hills. and. Even the president of the Carlton Cricket Club went and watched me play, and I could see back then was zones. So I I, I was zoned to I could get, get this right Richmond because it's Mount Waverley, Richmond, Hawthorne, East Melbourne, Ringwood, or Waverley. So I had to play for them. The only way I could get to Carlton because of the father and son rule, which we have in AFL, Perfect. still. So and so, so at that age. My my uh, Stacky, uh, dad had retired as coach, but Keith Stackpole took over at, at Carlton, and this is about 73, 74. and I had to get on the train at Mount Waverley, th- three to four times a week, and go from Mount Waverley to Flinders. Station and then on the 18-19-20 tram up to Carlton. Do that four times a week and and hide underneath the seats when you are going back through Holmes Glen and Jordanville Because honestly, that's where all the skinheads and all the, the Sharpies led. Oh no, what it was the Sharpies. Well, Sharpies had the uh, without the had a longer hair, but they still had tattoos. There was two different <laughs> groups. <laughs> you were way too young, aren't you? Uh, but, <laughs> I'm not across the Sharpies. But,
0: yeah. Obviously, your dad Barney was a massive influence. Yeah. Oh, I've done a little bit never of Never threw me in. a
1: ball. Didn't? No, never kicked a football to me ever. So why what, what was that?
0: That sounds like an interesting relationship.
1: Yeah, he see... Was he, he a hard he, man? He was. Um, never put a arm around you or give you a kiss or anything like that. Well, a lot of dads do today, which is great, but mm-hmm. at some times he, he gave me some tough love. But he was my mental mentor, whereas when I went to Keith Stackpole for cricket wise he was my technical mentor so he's still the best batting coach in, the, in, in Australia as far as I'm concerned and so I had these things so I, I'll come back from a game at Carlton sorry we'd train on the Thursday night for example it's 38 degree heat Stacky doesn't like giving water to anyone you know back <laughs> those days, that was the time. how do you take your cricket coffin out to the nets you have to carry your kit uh, you have to wear whites back then of course um, for training for training and then he said, right, we're going to have to run around Princess Park. How far is that, Howie? Three, three and a
0: half?
1: Yeah. Three and a half K. And, you, and, and there are times you get us to run with pads on, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Old so school. Old school. And then I absolutely, then I'm trying to do, like, as the years went on, don't, trying to do my HSC on the, doing my study on, on the train. Avoiding the Sharpies and the whoever's. Uh, uh, skinheads, <laughs> going through Jordanville and Homesland. <laughs> and then I would get to the, uh, to the actual uh, train station. on am tired, and we still live two kilometres away. And I ring up Dad, the local phone birthday. Can you come pick me up? And said, "Son, the way you played last week and the way you batted, you better walk home and have a good hard think about it." And he was sitting on his ass watching Don Lane show or something. So you wow. know, so I've got a cricket kit and I've got all my books. You know, it's you know, it was really quite hard. I, I would never do that to a young kid doing that. But the the thing was that. Going to Key Stack, and going to a, a club like Carlton was so professional, and the way it was done. But the problem was over the years that I never got a chance. Later on in my life, in I had to literally poke Stacky in the um, in the chest for me to bat higher because we had a wonderful team of um, Skulls and Hibbert and um, um, Stackpole and Buzzard and Ian Callan and John Day. All these wonderful names who played first uh, first-class cricket as well. I only got hit six times a year. Right. So I'm wasting my time there. So I threatened him to go to – I was going to go to Waverley. cool And he said, all right, we'll see how good you are this week. Well, we won the toss up against Melbourne at Melbourne. Um, we batted first. Tacky got our first ball and I batted three for the first time instead of seven. And I made 184 not out. At I'm, what age? Uh, I was 19, 20 now. Okay. I've done all the I've – done, I've done all the ropes – I you know, couldn't get a sniff anywhere. but um, And then uh, got a 180, got 90 and got a good 50 on a wet pitch against Footscray against Merv and Co. And the very next week I got picked for Victoria. So I just wonder if I never questioned Stacky. Because just for you listeners, when you are bat six and seven with a great team like this, you only get maybe 40 minutes to bat and I only get hit maybe six or seven times a year and I was wasting my time there so i did all the all the all the work went to England done all that top but hardly getting a chance so once I got a chance and I was by the time I played for my first game for Victoria 1981 2 years later I was playing for Australia so do you remember did you get a phone call when you get
0: picked for Victoria and what did your dad say he sounded like. He, was there any well done, Dino? Oh or?
1: yeah, it was cool. Dad loved. Dad, Dad was cool, but he just treated me tough. Right. But, but there was no, nothing really sinister or no. nasty about it. But he just got me tough. He never been a proud of Dad. Don't worry about well, that. Work. Well, he watched me always bad. He did all. He did all the hard work. So it was. Um, it was a That's funny type of relationship. Um, even right – he just knew me inside out, even right to the nth degree. Well, I hadn't even told my wife that I'm about to retire for Victoria and first-class cricket and everything. I walk, I was about 60, 70, not out overnight, I think it was, and I'm walking out to have a look at the pitch at the MCG, and I didn't know he was there. And I don't know, he just knew something about my body language, and when he walked off and he looked at me, he said, you done, aren't you? I said, yep. So hmm. he, he just knew. But it was a – I just wonder now with these new under-19 competitions and new opportunities, would kids get these... Would I have got to the position I did? I probably don't think I did because you have to do the hard yards early to create a a great structure in my technique and physical capabilities to understand train like an AFL footballer, which I did, and and all like that, uh, to get the best out of myself.
0: So you start playing for Victoria... At the MCG, how'd you go on your first game for the Vicks? Did you get a? I did read somewhere that you got a, a congratulations from was it Tony Barber or someone who was yeah. who was the Sale of the Century King at that? He, he was he, massive on Australian TV. Is that a true he, story?
1: He, he, absolutely. Uh, my first game, I got um, I got picked for. I was twelfth man six times in a row for Victoria, and oh, I yeah, no. that's I know just wasted half a year again. So, and then I. will we got picked. Uh, Murphy's, myself, and Simon. I don't play in the first game. Our first game together, together against WA against Dennis Lilly, um, you know Kim Hughes and all those guys, all those pterodactyls here or there over in Perth on the wacker so, at the Whacker. So I've come and I've batted six and I, anyway, so I've I've, I've batted. Um, I'm 38 not out, and we're 7 for 240 after a day's play or something. 7 for 250 or something. And I'm walking off the ground, and where the old old dressing rooms are, and I looked up on the scoreboard in navy blue and white. My name was Jones and saw Lily and Alderman Clark and Yardley and all those guys. up there. And now I've got 38 not out next to my name. I'm sitting down. I was sort of dumbstruck. I just can't believe that I've actually made I never wanted to play cricket for Australia or Victoria. It's sort of... I just wanted to be good at something. You know, it just yep. sort of happened. Never had a, I'm going to wear this baggy green. Doesn't really happen. So anyway, so I got there and 38 not out, and which is good. So and the reason why guys like O'Donnell, Jones and, um, and Murph Hughes got picked was Victoria did a purge. They couldn't make the Sheffield Shield final, so they dropped blokes like Walker and Moss, um, Dav Watmore, um, all these type of blokes. So we got an opportunity, you see. So they re um, rejigging their list so I got the chance and anyway so a few of the players like Scholes and Ray Bright were very upset with some of these players being dropped anyway I'm 38 not out I'm put down my back quietly and I'm amongst a new environment so I'm really quiet as a church mouse and Ray Bright says everyone get a beer so they all got a beer and I said I want to raise a glass to Dino I thought gee that's a real nice touch you know he said you are the worst Victorian batsman I've ever seen play for Victoria and everyone laughed at me so, that was your initiation. That into was my Victoria. initiation in Victorian cricket. Yeah. So, so what do you like, say in that situation? So no. nothing. I can see now it's still yeah, no. taking you back. There. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and that's not right. It, it, it's shocking. Like my first initiation playing for Australia was Rob Marsh just finished his career. Um, I played a couple of games with him. I didn't play with Lily and I didn't play with Greek Chapel. I'm after that, but Marsh was just hanging on. Then those guys are gone. I I get it now when I was uh, and that I'm retired but back then it was interesting because when you bring your kit bag in the Australian dressing rooms you don't know you no names are up on the board you know and, and it was at adelaide this particular thing and i don't know where to put my bag there's a hierarchy that you don't know yeah. about yeah and i said is anyone sit here no no someone sits there oh does anyone sit here no no and that you could tell i was been done here so is anyone here no that's that, that's fine so i put my bag down and I got called out to do something so i come back in within six minutes and my kit had been picked up, opened up and thrown into the toilets and into the showers and Rob Marsh zinged me big time like you wouldn't believe. Along okay. the lines of? Oh, you little young punk upstart, how, how do you take my spot? I've been taking me 20 years to earn this spot, oh, like all that stupid rubbish stuff <sighs> and that match there, I well, played against Pakistan uh, and that match there, I actually literally changed in the showers. Can you imagine that happening to a, a professional player playing for Australia or Victoria or no. playing league football and that and that thing? So times were different back then. So, it, so at some stage, do you look back and do you have a word to Ray
0: Bright when you're more established and do you say, mate, what was going on? Or is that just I take it on the chin and that's the way
1: it is and that's the I'll way be different is. when I'm captain? Or That's it, yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. That's extraordinary, Dino. I know. And and, and and people sort of say, oh, Dino, you may be too brash, or there. But I had to be, my personality had to change to survive in that in- environment and people say oh Dino will tell you this or Dino will tell you that well the only way I could ever go back at blokes, they said well I absolutely nailed you and look at my stats, look at my numbers, you know I'm a far better player than you will ever be but, and, but that's the way we lived back then, yeah. you know sledging was massive, it was personal it was uh, uncomfortable for a young kid but I was brought up with that environment at Carlton and, and all that type of stuff, yeah And the best thing about, we were talking about this at the start about
0: podcasts and whether it be the Howie games is you can divert (laughs) and you can go back to things. And you Mm. you mentioned your first game you played against Dennis Williams. So this is 1980, 1981. So Dennis, would he retire in 83? They were retired A little bit bit later later on, 84. 84. Um, So what was it like facing. (laughs) Let alone in your first match. What was Dennis Lilly? What did he bring to the
1: table? Well, the wacker. I, I, I'm wearing a cap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no chest guard or arm guard. Um, I don't know. He's bowling dang wind. He's just got a wicket. Um, and I've is he for-
0: ferocious? Is he? Is he? Mm. Does he talk to you? Does he not talk to you? Do you have it in your head, Crikey? I'm facing Dennis Lilly, the great Dennis Lilly.
1: Uh, I know you've got this thing about him, but that's fine. But I've also been in the same dressing room as John Nichols and Alex Jezelenko's. Yeah. So I sort of was used to that. Okay. So, so it, it wasn't. He was, he was another oh, bowler? He was, he was another bowler, but I, I'm not overawed with him. Okay. Um, and but I marked my centre and I've gone through my little routine and by the time I looked up, he was bowling it because he knew that I'd be nervous and he wanted to rush me. So he was steaming in already. <laughs> and thank you very much. It was a bouncer, so I wasn't disappointed. And I ducked it and, and he just let me have it. So that was that was then. But uh, uh, look, it... I didn't think you were super quick. Right. It's it's interesting. Um, you look at great golf courses. Um, you look at cricket grounds like the MCG and the Wacko, and you play on club cricket grounds, and your pitches is a bit different and the hard work. And and then you go to these pristine conditions, like you think, oh, gee, that's not super quick. You know, and there was a little bit different when 1983. When I played for my first game for Australia, then you faced Malcolm Marshall on the same thing. It's so. So so let's get to that. A little bit.
0: That's a little bit different. You're going well for Victoria. Yeah. How do you find out? As you said, a couple of years later. How do you find out that you're about to play for Australia? Press told me. The media the, told you. As
1: the, as the norm,
0: yeah. So a bloke from the newspaper or someone rings up? Yeah, I think up. it was Rod Nicholson. Right. Yeah.
1: is he, he ring you? Or? Yeah, he just gave me a call. Well, you're in, so how do you feel? How, how do I feel about what? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's just basically it. Um, so how did you feel? Okay. It wasn't like, oh, finally I'm going to play for Australia, but it... it once you like, – like my baggy green cap, for example, um, my, my first tour was in 84. I, 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 pl- I wore my yellow cap first, uh, which are far better than the rubbish they got today. But coat of arms, all that, which is really cool. But it's not something I put next to my bed look at it and all right. that. But when, when I got picked for the West Indies Tour in 1984, that was in March, April, something right around there, in 84 um, – it's the last century. That's how long ago. But um, I remember a knock on the door, and I looked up and walked to, um, and it was the postman, and he had this big box. Now we used to get our blazers and our sleeve's jumpers and caps and all that was delivered by Fletcher Jones. Um, <laughs> so this box has been delivered by the postie, and and he opened. He looked at me. And said, "I think it's all your Australian stuff." He said, you want to open up? I said, yeah, let's open it up. <laughs> with a poster. With a poster, He had a knife, pocket knife, and he's opened it up. And there was my baggy girl. I'll never forget this sight. Okay. So you imagine opening this two foot by two foot box, brown box, and you open it up and there's your baggy green cap sitting on top of your sleeveless jumper and then your Australian blazer is underneath. That's pretty cool.
0: Oh that that t- that's that's a that's, lifetime dream for cool.
1: 50% of kids growing up yeah. in Australia that yeah. are boys and now girls. Yeah. Uh, it, it's amazing. So he picked it picked up the cap and looked at it put it on the head well done all the best for the tour hopped on his bike his bike ding ding on the bike that wasn't motorbikes back then <laughs> and off he rode to the in the sunset. So and my, his name was Peter Brown. So my cap was presented to me by my postman <laughs> as Peter Brown. And now you will have gone on and present caps yourself. Yeah, I've done, I've done a couple. Yeah, absolutely stoked to do it. So How different is it now? There's, oh, you got to know a bit about the player and his background and how hard it is it's been. You've got to, have to throw some um, jokes in there. But I was also there for the day when shh, Mitchell Marsh got his cap. He, I've got to let you know, there's two caps. Yeah. You can get a real bad baggy green that looks like a Casey Jones bloody um, right. um, train driver, and looks they look average. And the fact is that it's a problem when you wear baggy green, is that the peak actually sticks into the temples of your side of your. Your head yep and when, if you've been wearing it all day I'm literally telling you it's like two steel rods at like a like a clamp it's been you've got the worst <laughs> headache of all time so guys tend to try to stretch that and break it if they can of their caps but uh, I reckon Mitchell mask got a bad you got an ugly looking it's Casey, it's, where, yeah, Casey Jones yeah, stick sticking up I a know bit. exactly what you mean yeah, so, it doesn't sit nice and flat yeah. so your first
0: test was in Australia
1: no, I was in, in the West Indies. Oh, so
0: so you go to the West Indies for your first tour. Yeah. Um, and the blokes pulled out sick. You were crook. You're facing the West Indies.
1: Yeah. Um, you weren't well. I wasn't well. Um, I was rooming with Jeff Lawson, not the nicest bloke to room with at the best of times, but uh, New South Welshman always had something in it for me. But he, uh, I was crook as it. I had flu, I had virus, I got colesaws on my face. I was, my, I'm just absolute. A mess. And I rang up colleague, a manager, and said, Look, um, I need another room and Errol Orcott says, Yeah, he needs another room and uh, and I literally got kicked out of my room by Jeff Lawson, which is fair enough, he's playing test match the next day. Which by the way, I'm not selected. So that's cool. Um No collega said, No, you're not getting a room. So, okay. What do we do? We so you're getting a room with Jeff Lawson. Well, Jeff Lawson was not having that. So he literally threw me a, a pillow and a blanket. And I had to sleep outside my room in the Trinidad Hilton Hotel. In the corridor. In the corridor, which I did, not knowing you're about to. Make not your knowing test that over when it. I got to the ground at Trinidad, where it's been raining a little bit, and Steve Smith, a different Steve Smith yep. back there, uh, very good opening batsman, um, obviously saw the pitch, looked at the looked at the scoreboard, and had Malcolm Marshall Garner Roberts holding, and said, "No, I'm not playing," and I got my first game. So I batted at six. So, so
0: you reckon he had a look at what was going on and thought Oh, I had no me. doubt
1: whatsoever. Really? Yeah. Well, no doubt whatsoever. So then who so comes and says you're in? Kim Hughes said you're playing. So, okay, that was cool. So we so went, is
0: it a congratulations you're
1: playing or it's just you're playing? This oh, Kim is was pretty good. Yeah, right. well done. You're playing for Australia today, son. Thanks, Kim. So that's it. There was no... All the best, Dino, by the players or anything like that. Now we we're going through a change now, transitional time. We we got rid of all the greats. The Chapels was the gone, chapels and Lilies Hilli- uh, the, Marsh. They're all gone. They're all guys so that just trying to survive. And we're playing against the greatest sporting team, the history's ever known. Tell me they the lineup. number. They were number one for sixteen years in a row. They've never been beaten. And you know, so, so the, the bowling lineup was Marshall, Malcolm Marshall, Joel Garner. Michael Holding Andy Roberts And was it Greenwich and Haynes At the top Greenwich, Haynes you got Gus Not Gus Luggy um, Larry Gomes Larry Gomes is there Of course Clive Viv Jeffrey Dujon We love Duj Because he didn't bowl fast um, you know
0: I used to love, Larry Gomes? Because there'd be all these to me, Haynes and Greenwich and the big Supercat and Richards, and they all go bang bang, 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 bang. And then there was this little bloke in the middle with a fluffy hair that yeah. would just deflect.
1: In, Indian, that's right. He looked like you'll play a cover drive and look at it for it to go through cover drive. Yeah. It's the inside edge, you go through big wicket.
0: <laughs> he was a deflector. He oh, he was. He a was. fish out of water in that brilliant, oh, brilliant team. He,
1: he got a lot of runs. I tell you, he looked like he tried to flick the ball through square leg and he'll get a, it'll hit the back of his bat and will go through point. Right. He, he, it was just bizarre the way it, where he hit it like stupid stuff. So Clive was the captain then. Yeah, right. So that that I made forty eight. So you you won the toss or you lost the toss? What we I I think we got sent in. Right. So you got
0: sent yeah. in your batting number
1: six, six right. or seven or something like that against, six, against that lineup against that lineup. So I've come in AB. I had to walk past AB. First ball was Joel Garner. So. AB didn't say a word to me. Mind you, he didn't say a word to many blokes back there. So um, I looked up. I'm not kidding. I looked down the pitch, and it was soft. And the ball's been making an impression in the pitch, and you see all these little dot points. You know, you can call them, you know, beehive patterns. What they do on the pitch reports and all that, but none are at my end. They're halfway down the middle. So
0: it wasn't a graphic like we have today. It was physically on the pitch. You
1: could see see where they're pitching in Joel's end of the deck. Yeah. So. I couldn't bother. Well, the first three balls were bouncers, uh, just zinging at me. I was squeezing the a- – A.B. says to me later, later on that you were squeezing the bat so hard it looked like the glue was coming out of the handle. He <laughs> <laughs> said, no helmet. <laughs>
0: and, and so, like, nothing you prepared, nothing you'd been
1: – I've never seen pace like it. Right. Like, like that. So Let it was cricket it was, on a different level. Oh, and, and the pitch was green, like the wing of the MCG. So, anyway, so we got uh, – I got through that anyway. I got a ball – the last ball of Joel's, it, it just took off. and I just punched it with my left hand to stop it from hitting, canning into my face. I literally did that and it went down a fine leg. And he's a lovely blo- bloke, Joel Garner, one of the nicest blokes you'd ever want to meet. And he just said to me, Hey, Jonesy man, no drives today. Only drive to and from ground, man. <laughs> <laughs> In a bus, man, that's the only drive you'll get today. And he was right. I didn't get anything. But I got 48 and I batted with AB and I still rate that as my best ever knock I've ever made in my life. In your first test innings? First test innings, yeah. And AB finished with 98 not out. Now, to go on with that... In Is the that s-
0: when he made 98 not out and 100 not out? In
1: the second innings, he's got 120 not out. Right. And we had to bat out the last session of the fifth day for a draw. Now, everyone gets beaten out for a draw against the West Indies on a pitch like that. Magnificent. was a great effort, yeah. So, he... Was batting with Terry Alderman, and Terry Alderman not one of our greatest Australian batsmen. Um, no. He only mm-hmm. letting face nine or ten balls in that two-hour period, and I'll never forget he he walked up. Uh, all the players just walked up and grabbed AB and sh- uh, West Indian players and shook him by the hand. It was one of the greatest knocks you'd ever see. He just pinched the strike. He was so good at um, how to play. And even Geoffrey Dujon said it's the best personal performance he's ever seen play against the West Indies and he didn't get 200s in the match but that's, AB was super fit then he was at the top of his game, I think he made nearly 600 runs in that series
0: Next week on the Howie game, and it's gloop Tibbs. (laughs) Daddy is off to Phillip Island for the MotoGP. He's bringing my main man to the table, Pickle. Mighty Mick doing woohoo. hoo So what was actually wrong with your leg? It was just a spiral fracture right. of the, 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 the lower two bones without getting technical. So was there concerns, again, you're a mysterious man, was there concerns that they were going to chop it off? No, absolutely. That's why then um, this Dr Costa, the Italian doctor, ended up saving my leg. He, he organised a medical aircraft to, to, to come and retrieve... Uh, Uh, Kevin Schwantz who was also injured uh, during the race and myself um, out of there and take us back to Italy because this guy, I'd said to him um, said to the same doctor that uh, if my condition didn't improve he was going to have to amputate uh, my leg They told you that? They told the doctor, yeah, told uh, Costa so that's when he was just, you know raced to put everything together to come and get us Mighty McDowell is up next Thursday. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode of the Howie game. All right, let's get back to Dino. Um. These are, it's funny you bring these things up. These are sort of my first cricketing memories. Um, mm. And AB was my first sporting hero. Yeah. Um, and back then, I think you've seen the scrapbook that I used to keep. I think you, you you've did. seen it in the You're old, idiot. the Forex x Beach cricket days. <laughs> That's right. But You're it really? was, I, I don't even think at that stage we were listening to the tours of the West Indies on the radio. There was the magic of the tours from England on the radio, mm. but we certainly weren't watching them on telly. So it was, it was waiting to see in the paper the next day or yeah. a day after. How I, can, I can still remember those sort of test matches.
1: Yeah, it was an iconic event. So we had a draw. I didn't get picked for the next test, um, which was in Barbados. And the true story, um, Graham was batting facing Michael Marshall, I think, and Woody always had something wrong with him, but he did have a bit brittle hands. He used to, when he gets hit, it was always the worst of the worst. And he got a... And I'm very upset. I didn't play the next match. Steve Smith got better and I, I got dropped and whatnot. And anyway... Um, yeah, so I've gone out to uh, – he's been hit badly in the hand, in his top hand, and I've got the magic spray because that, that fixes everything. There wasn't that magic, I don't reckon. Er- Errol <laughs> too busy giving up like a massage. Our physio, he won't come out. You know, he's been absolutely cleaned up badly. So I've run out with a magic spray and the white towel because that's what you do. Anyway, so I've run up to him and he's screaming like a schoolgirl and, and, and he took his – hand off, you know, a uh, glove off and you literally could fit a ball into his hand oh. where, with the indentation where the ball went and he is going, oh. and, and, I, and I just said to him remembering the environment that I've been brought up in I said well there's good news and bad news you know, said, where do you find good news in this he said I'm playing next week <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> and he is, walked off and here's the magic spray, good Never luck.
1: never to be seen again <laughs> Tre- uh, Kepler Wessels so-called did a knee so-called he, he left before the series out so right. we were just absolutely ripped apart by by the West Indies so so I think we had a draw there uh, Wayne Phillips from South Australia made the best one of the best hundreds I've ever saw he hit every fast bowler in at Barbados Bridgetown absolutely out of the ground proper right every one of them he, he, this hundred he made it was like isn't it sad when I look at his career? did he should make have a be,
0: massive 100 on debut, 150-odd?
1: It might be 150-odd against uh, Pakistan and Perth, yeah. He was an amazing player, but they tried to make him a keeper and that just absolutely stuffed him up. So there was a we, we went through a stage where we lost those guys to um, South African Rebels. Did you get a call about that? Yeah. So was that, what, 86? 85. 85. Yeah. So what happens there? You, you answer the phone and... Who, Ali what? Barker called me. Uh, from uh, South Africa, he was the South African he cricket the boss. Big boss said two hundred thousand dollars tax free. Um, two tours. So what were you earning? Now, to pay t- for Australia then? Oh, I wouldn't earn any more. My first, my first payment I got for my first test was four hundred dollars. Right. My first contract for Australia was one thousand dollars. And he's offering you two hundred thousand, thousand tax free, which by the way could buy you two homes in Glenorris. right, or one home in Malvern. So it's a massive, it's a massive number. Yeah. Why didn't you go? Because I, when I sat with Dad, uh, in his in, in, at home, he said, "You'll be suspended for life. You'll they'll never play again." Because of the apartheid system and all that. And I, I wasn't really understood what people did back then. I was just still a green eyed kid, and by stopping you know, black guys from playing cricket and all that type of stuff. Well, did you have I, any I understanding
0: like, of that? Not or? really. No. It's the other side no, of the world.
1: You know, and we went like way the young kids are now so well educated through the digital media and everything we know so so it was the fear of never playing for Australia again yeah and dad said well you've got unfinished business because because the West Indies completely cleaned me up you know I went to Antigua and got smashed there and they worked me out on the back foot my front foot uh, physical well-being I had to be stronger mentally stronger physically stronger and I I had unfinished business so it's all very well playing for Australia it's no big deal it's it's I don't think it's no big deal. It's what you do when you're there is the most important Succeeding. thing. Succeeding. Yeah. And you got 65% of all Australian cricketers have played, well, even might be more, I think it might be 70%, have played less than 10 tests. It, so, in a way, that's a failure, isn't it? That, 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 I can understand be, the way you it. Know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, So, and I hadn't made 100 yet. We always think you've made it once you made a test 100 and all that type of stuff. So, so h-
0: how do you feel about the blokes that did
1: go to South Africa? Oh, I was I – because was, uh, I thought the. But they were only worried about their pocket instead of following their dreams a little bit. So there was angst between yeah. the, the haves Massively. and have-nots? Massively. And then I got knocked back to go on the tour to go to England in 85 and I should have been picked on that tour by easily. And, and I were made, you thinking then, and cracking, I didn't I've get given picked. up I've, 200 grand I've, here? I've just done, I've done the worst thing. And then um, uh, so the guys went away and I, I went to India in 86 and we had the tight test and 210 and we all, were away. But well, by 1988 the guys had come back. And the playing. Aldermans and Rackermans and all them are back and i thought, and then, and then well, of course we won the ashes in 89 so. so if you knew what you knew now would you have gone or would you have still made the same decision I wouldn't have been able to people still talk about the tight test so the, so the I wouldn't have had that opportunity no. so, um sadly people that think that's what defines me as a cricketer I I it sort of does that, you know, like I'm willing to die if I have to, or push myself through. I the think inter- it defines
0: you, Dino, because it goes and we'll talk about it now. It goes past cricket; it doesn't just become a cricketing moment. It becomes a sporting moment, and then I think from my job as a, you know, a journalist or commentator or mm. fraud or whatever you want to call it, I think it goes past sport. It goes into an iconic moment. I think that's mm. why you get defined by because it, it's not a cricket or a sport moment. It's an iconic moment in Australian history in a lot of ways.
1: It, it might be, Well, it is now. But, but yeah, it is sort of looked at back then. But people still probably don't understand that it was my first Test match after the West Indies where I got belted up. It's my first Test match since they didn't pick me for the England. There was so much aggression I had inside me that I want to prove people wrong. So you get to and India? also prove to myself. Yeah, so my, big, my own biggest critic. So I get to India. And this is your first
0: time ever in India.
1: Yeah, right. And that's an eye opener. It let would me be. Tell you. Yeah, so so we, tell me about India in 1986. I think they just got power then. Okay.
0: <laughs> right,
1: right. Oh, I'm telling you. Like, you have to be so disciplined when you get there. Don't don't have the ice water. Don't have salads because the water's washed in yep. salads. Don't drink out of a glass because it's washed in water. All these type, don't eat meat because they worship the cow. All these type of things, you know. you got to be disciplined off the ground as you do on it. So it was a... Amazing place. Yet I, we, we get told by the old school, you know that old environment. Those yep. guys saying, "Oh, that's the worst tour of all time," and this negative thought process before going there, you you're actually wrecked. And so, which is what Steve Waugh tried to turn around, didn't he? Well, it wasn't started from Steve. Was it before it, that? It, was it, it, it came from uh, AB and, right. and Bob Simpson? They okay. said, you know, let's treat these people with respect. Uh, these they're going to give you conditions where bouncy difficult decks in west indies now we're going to get turners so we're going from using my top half of my body ducking and weaving hooking and cutting to being supple and using your feet and having a fitness to back up your your skills to you because it's quite a, a, a physical game when you're playing in spinners because you have to use your feet all the time and kicking and your groins your hammies and calves and killies and whatnot so it's it's quite a difficult way of playing against the spin. And you've got to have a mental courage playing against spin, whereas you need physical courage playing against the quicks, if you know what I mean. So, And then you've got to have a physical courage, mental courage to right. I'm going to whack him over the top of his head early. That pulls the mid-on mid on back. And then I'm just going to milk him for one now. I've got to get rid of the bat pad on the offside. On the leg side, I'll do a couple of sweeps. i can to have the courage to hit, play those shots. and yep. takes the leg the the bat pad on the leg side and he goes to square leg and then you can get into your game but if you don't have the courage to play those shots early in your innings you're going to get knocked over anyway you know so so you come in early in this test match you uh, guys been, been an hour or so you won the toss and had a hit yeah it's it's a flat fart oh, honestly it doesn't get even you would make runs either, mate. I'm, I'm not sure away. about that <laughs> you but, haven't seen me bat I'm going to tell you it was hot hot oh it's forty five um, straight after the. Genuinely you know, 45 degrees. Yeah, 80% humidity. Straight after the monsoons, it's just hot. You know, and uh, even Chris Srikanth, the local um, Chennai boy Tamil, he said, even the rats leave, it's that odd here. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> but you're still there. <laughs> Our warm up was we walked around the ground, we did a couple of throwdowns, walked back inside. That's that it. That's all we did. That's all we did. You know, these guys that push you around the tracks and do the run-throughs and do the fitness stuff like it was just we just had to hold our thing and you were not out overnight from yes, memory? it was 50 60 not out overnight and um, so was there any thought then of preparing yourself for the next day physically no. you know now didn't you drink did, any water right didn't, never had heat like that that might have hurt your touch the next day <laughs> well I didn't even have you know I had nothing I, I was so nervous because everyone gets remembered that about your first hundred. I found forty thousand different ways sleeping throughout the night. Didn't get a wink of sleep of getting those forty runs, um, and I got them in a hurry, if I remember. And uh, I was batting with Ray Bright, the guy who told me just the, know, worst of the worst player ever played in Victoria, and he was just. I hardly spoke a word to him. I said, "Yeah, karma here." It's right. getting your back, you know. And he's only been out for 30 minutes. Thirty, And he is – literally his eyes were money, Feldman, uh, east, west. Uh, we couldn't <laughs> look straight at all. And he was – he was, yeah, he had diarrhoea. He was absolutely – he was starting to vomit. And I said, hang on, I've already been here six hours or five hours from yesterday. So anyway, we got through it and, and I got to about 120 on. Hey, tell me about bringing up the ton, your first test ton. Uh, for Ravi Shastri, down the pitch, use my feet. Um and hit a through mid for four. And I was, I was stoked to get it. I stoked at the way I got it. I was stoked the fact that... And now why is this... This is my third test match, right? So why is this subconscious person inside my head saying, don't worry about who you're playing for and who you're playing against today. There's a big one here. I remember that thinking to me. Now, why should I be thinking that? I'm just a young punk playing mm. test cricket. You know? But there's a massive one here and you're going to hurt them. And... Um, because using my feet was really interesting because I was lucky enough to meet Bradman many times and I met Lindsay Hassett. Uh, and um, I asked Lindsay how to play spin. He said, very easy, son. He get Use your feet, hit it on the half volley or the full. If not, play it off the back foot. Never play it off the front. Never play forward defence. They beat you in length. You have to get to it on the full or half volley or play it off the back foot and now, now go get me a scotch. That's how you play. <laughs> so I've gone well. Thank you. That's two minutes out of place. And he is 100% correct. And, that, and I said, right, that's my team plan and that's how I'm going to play the spinners. Booney, I use my feet. Booney would play everything off the back foot. So we fiddle with their lengths, if you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah. So we did that and, and uh, I got to about 120-odd and then meltdown. I, I, I completely drained all the water and the sweat. When you play this physical game of using your feet, Pat Rafter talked about how playing a servant volley. You know, he said, if I don't, because remember, he struggled in the fifth set. He always got smashed because he used too much energy. He did. Of serve, and, and it's the same goes with this. You, you better get him early. And then I got to 120 odd and my vomiting and urinating in my pants. They call it self urination, involuntary ur- urination. And I can't, I'll, I'll tell you, you know me inside out. Yeah. I can remember almost every shot, every part of my cricketing career I can't remember much after 121 nothing y- your body was
0: just gone shutting down That's it. I- have you looked back at it I-, I was looking at it last night I watched and there's not a great deal of it which...
1: no the tapes have been erased oh. have they yeah which is the, like the ABC right and they erased the tapes Wow, obviously didn't rate your innings that highly. Oh, well, back then they just put football or another tape. Yeah, it was the great thing about the ABC that you still can see the nineteen sixty one tapes. And, and there is the
0: there, there there is vision of you batting, yeah, the and the, the, yeah. the things that hit me is one you're really skinny, yeah. two you've got that white. Uh, handkerchief around your neck and yeah. there's vision of your vomiting and the Indian players that's what really struck me are showing genuine care yep. for you
1: absolutely genuine care for yeah. you because they knew that that you know they, they honestly thought I was in a whole lot of trouble so and it was like block block Right, I'm going to slog this and I slogged it and that's what AB was telling me and uh, the ball would go out towards the boundary mightn't go for four and we'd only walk one that's all I could do so and that's basically basically how it Happened, I think. So, so w- when it was all over, you
0: came down and I think you got bowled, big charge. And so w- when does your memory pick up again?
1: When you're back in the rooms or the next day? I was unconscious overnight in hospital. So they gave me eight um, litres of, of saline and whatnot. And so I just pumped the, you full of liquid? Just pumped me full of liquid, yeah. And then um, I was out of hospital on the fourth day and I now have to bat that day. Oh, I think I got twenty odd or something, and we we gave him a chase again. We declared twice in that match, and and then said, I will need you to field because now we declared overnight. Gave him they needed three forty eight to win. And on the I, final day. On the final day, and then I got the best lesson on how to play spin by Sonny Gavaskar, who was who made ninety and the ball was spinning two feet, foot well, and a half. We have Matthews, Matthews, and, Bright. and Ray Bright. Yeah. Right. Brilliant, and he was going down the pitch to Ray Bright and whacking him through mid wicket against the spin. And I am thinking, how do you consistently do that? And I just watched the way he played; it was it was amazing. And anyway, he ended up getting him out because he played across one and got a front edge to Bright, and I caught it in covers, diving to my left. So, uh, but by gee, I learnt a lot watching a great player go about his stuff there. But and we anyway, we finished it up; it was a tie. Well,
0: it, it was so. Mo's bowling to. Who's he behind to the um, Ravi Shastri was at one end, wasn't he? Ravi, Ravi with four balls to go. Can I just say this is like this is cricket porn for yeah, me. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> it is Dino. I grew up just obsessed with cricket, mm. and I said to you at the start, but to have this opportunity to to go back and talk about Viv and Kim mm. Hughes, and now the Indians and a tied test, it's. Um, Oh, it's, it fills me with joy. It's a, it's a
1: great thing, mate. It really is a great thing. Oh, that's cool. I, I hope you're enjoying it. It's, uh, anyway, we, we, we got – I think there's five balls left. I think they need – see, one end has got the old MCG scoreboard. At Chennai. I don't know if you know that. Literally the old, literally MCG, the old score. MCG scoreboard. Literally the old MCG scoreboard. But I'm thinking when I was fielding Alex jezolinko that score, <laughs> Carlton the Colligwood still up there. 44 I...
0: <laughs> points down. Just handball. Handball, handball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, thank God, Brass. Anyway, so it, it's up there and maybe that might have helped to those gods. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. but uh, Or the 72 grand. Five. Anyway, I digress. Um, anyway, so it got to the stage where Ravi took an easy single and I looked it up and the MCG scoreboard said we're in front by 1 and the electronic scoreboard said the scores were level. So I'm half full, guy. So we're in front by 1. So, okay, so we did that and uh and uh who was it? Um, I'm just trying to remember.
0: Um, it's not Armanath, was it? No, 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 it was, no, it was um
1: no. the left-arm spinner. Arm. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, should I'll, know this, didn't we? Yeah, it, I know. I've, I've had a brain fade, and I apologize to him profusely. Don't be. <laughs> um anyway, I'll so it, it, it gets an LBW um we're all up. We had three balls to go. And if you ever looked at the photos, I get some photos of the Thai Test uh, when the LBW's gone. The look on AB's face at mid-off, a bat pad, yeah, is absolutely ridiculous. In what uh, way? Well, he said, "How's that out?" Because he absolutely smashed it inside edge um, into his into his uh, pads and and off he off he goes. So Vic Ram Raju is the umpire. He's the umpire? Yep. Yeah. Oh, God, oh, how do I do it? it, it, it um, he's, he's one so, you, you reckon he smashed it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, we, we're running off the ground. Meninder Singh. Singh. Yeah. I apologise, Meninder. I've had a brain fade. I've been a lot not So, late he night. smashed it? Absolutely. And so we're running how off. How does the,
0: that happen? Because no. the times in India then, you know, if the that
1: You're, was the big thing that the umpires were going to do the wrong thing by
0: you, rightly do, do or wrongly. Do you
1: know it's the 30th anniversary this year? It is 2016. yeah it is it is so we're running off the ground and Greg Matthews and if you ever watched the highlights the last bit, Marsh Matthews and Boone you couldn't choreograph it any better they jump together off the same foot and put their arms in the air. It's quite weird like an old Toyota ad type yeah that's thing. right yeah mm. It was really cool. So anyway we all get together and and I'm I'm saying that is the greatest win in the history of Taz career. So you think you've won it? I've won it. <laughs> then Greg Matthews says, Cut out hello, Jonah. It's a tie. Right. And then um um <laughs> Who was it? Uh, Bruce Reed walked in. He says, Bruce Rude Bruce Bruce Reeves gave it the the why is that's a draw, isn't it? And I've gone I looked at you, fear dinkum? Really? And and then Craig McDermott walked in and said, how the hell did we lose that? I've gone, that's it. You guys are absolute thick as two planks. So we've gone from tie right down to a loss, the four different ways. And then Bob Simpson come in and said, I've been to two tied test matches now. So Right. And would you believe we had to pack our bags up within one hour and get on a plane and go to Hyderabad. So <laughs> it, we didn't really get come together. So know. do you have an understanding of
0: that moment that you're in – Part of history or no? No, not really. It's just a game of cricket that you haven't won.
1: Yep, probably.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre, I, isn't it? Because you look back was. on it now, and there's been two of them. And
1: yeah, it, look, it's a <coughs> excuse me, it's a bizarre trip. India, the best of times. You're right, missus Back then, you know, phone calls were very expensive. I think we got five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars for the tour. We're there for three months. Um, uh, I remember in Rajkot, uh, you, have to, you have to book your international. Um. Uh, phone calls you know and uh and so I'm on my own waiting for the seven thirty because I'm ringing the missus at home, which is obviously twelve o'clock at night or something at home and, yeah and um and I'm talking to janie and uh and then you can hear something on the end of the phone. And the operators were listening. And they got Jonas, please tell her you love her. Tell her you love her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've missed her so much. I said, thanks, whoever you are. Get so off the phone. You've just been telling her about the 210. They yeah. <laughs> said, so come on. Oh, which, which, by the way, was sad in a way because Alan Crompton, the manager, said uh, after the night of the second day, they rang home to say that I'm in serious trouble, that I mightn't get through the night. Uh, all that stuff was happening, which right. people so you don't were that own. You were that well, sick, yeah. But jo- Janie's gone. W- w- w-. She had no understanding, you know. Like it's ridiculous. Anyway, but it was um, a great test match too, and still is the, the only test match where, where um, the only we have two countries that have played a lot against each other, but haven't had a game of cricket to really ignite. The passion and the and the and the friendship and the mateship between the two countries. And that was it. And that was it. And, so that and was now it's starting, called the Border Gambers yeah. Card Trophy. You know. And, and 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 now we broke it because and then the following year we won the World Cup there and and, uh, and then we're away. Then everyone realised India India's not a bad place to go to.
0: Lots more of Dean Jones still to come on the Howie Games. If you missed last week's episode, you missed Larry and Jack Perkins. Larry has won Bathurst six times, raced in Formula One. His son Jack is also a racer although Jack was told ten years ago he would never be able to race a car again. It was the Wednesday of Malala and I went to my eye doctor and said hey I need some new glasses real quick because I'm racing this weekend. Told him all that stuff and he said you've got diabetes and That didn't mean much to me at the time. But uh, later that night, I was admitted into hospital and I got told then that I had diabetes and there was injections and things. It didn't mean much at the time either. And then I don't know whether it was dad or or me or whatever, but the the diagnosing doctor at the time knew who we were and we were involved in car racing. He just said, yeah, you won't be able to race cars again. Full stop. Yeah, full stop. All right, let's get back to Dino. Well, that was the, the natural move on from there as you went to the 987 World Cup, you know. Again, as you often hear, the worst team to leave the shores. Mm. Um you know, it was injury concerns. It, it, you took on the palms, and I, I do remember listening on the radio to this. I reckon you got 30-odd in the final, cold cutter, 100,000 people there. And there was that famous AB was bowling to Gatting who went for the reverse sweep
1: and that sort of... Already hitting for four with the reverse sweep as well. Had he? Mm. Yeah. And so, then hitting for four the other way. But have you ever played in a on. crowd,
0: in front of a crowd 130,000 like there. 130,000.
1: Yeah. yeah, I always thought... I was there at the MCG when we got Victoria... Uh, sorry, Car- Carlton and Collingwood, 121,000. Right. But I was never... Like, like, I was just a kid. I just remember the buzz of the joint. And so what's it like walking out to bat in front of 130,000 people? I, I didn't even know they were there. Really? So that focused was, on what I you're doing? I just wanted to beat them. Because they smashed us in Australia just recently. The, Poms. In the uh, We were just young kids, you know. They beat us in the Ashes Series, the, the the World Series, and also the America's Cup So Series that we had. So I we oh, tried. Right. They had, yeah, that yeah, that we America's had the America's Cup Series, didn't yeah. they, over yeah. in WA? Yeah. So we all got smashed in there to beat them, and we had all these The Challenge plans. Cup. Yeah, that's right. And I still think it was our best one-day uniform that we ever wore. Yeah, it was cool. Light green and the yellow below. But, but it was um, – we had a plan. We had to take the most singles. We had Simon O'Donnell. We had the um, uh, Billy Don't Be a Hero. We'd always sing that after we win a game. Had Phil Collins. That, that's when we – and we had Kaysan – Doing that, that's when the K san started. Right in our rooms, and we started to to sing it, um, and we won it, and we won nine hundred dollars each for for winning the World Cup. And they offered you two hundred thousand to go to South Africa. Amazing. And now, who the boys won over two hundred fifty thousand US each yeah. for winning the last World Cup in two thousand and fifteen. But but that World Cup was the start of in many ways, Australia's
0: domination. You went on to the 89 Ashes and it just – did Did you gain confidence or did you just have players that were good enough now to compete at the international we just been level? through the
1: West Indies. So the, they smashed us here and they actually went bad. The, 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 the changing point was the last day of the test match, of the Boxing Day test match in 88. So where we had the bat <coughs> facing – it was Ambrose. Patterson. Patterson. Patrick, Patrick Patterson. Marshall. Dino. Yeah, big big. The MCG, he, steaming in. Can I can a, remember he that. could eat an apple through a picket fence. Don't worry <laughs> about that. So, he he was a nasty kid. He's one of probably the fastest a lot of them. Easily. Was he? Oh yeah, he was big size fifteen foot coming at you. He was ra- rapid. And what they did to us there was that they tried to hurt us. So, you ever see some of the. You ever get vision of the old VFA grand finals when they used to, you know, Port and Danny Nong and all that used to punch each other up. This was that type of ilk. And we physical intimidation. Oh. And they went after us big time. And did Viv just
0: pull the strings? Tell me about No, nah, we- no, he
1: didn't he didn't say too much that so they just wanted to kill us. So so guys were even our seven, eight, nine, ten Jack batsmen were backing away. And they followed him and trying to kill them. They we weren't trying to get get the guys out. And it was intimidatory bowling to the, on a dangerous deck. It's the only time ever in my career that I felt like taking a bit of a backward step. Right, facing Patrick facing Patterson at the Patterson, MCG. Patterson, Marshall, yeah, Walsh, and uh, who's the other one? Uh, Ambie Walsh. Ambrose. Ambrose. So it, it, the, I, I got hit in the chest pad um, by Melky. I broke three ribs. Bernie got a green stick, um, broken wrist. Ab had four broken fingers in his right hand, uh, and Ian Healy needed stitches in his scrotum. So we were in a bad way, and we had to change our whole demeanour. So beer solves every problem in the world. So we got together <laughs> with Ian does. McDonald at the at the Hilton then, and we sat down and and we we said, All right, we have to bowl, we have to train harder, get tougher, we have to beat beat these guys. All we just got it was a line in the sand moment. And we did that over a fair few, few beers. There's some ugly things said to one another. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. But we had to get uh, rid along of Along the lines of you oh, have negativity, to do this. Negativity. Look how fast he's bowling. Look how good he is.
0: So leading teams, they call it these days. Everyone gets uh, in a room and uh, speaks the honest truth.
1: Yeah. And it can hurt some guys. Mm. And I've already come up through that environment. So speak the truth. But the ultimate thing was... We needed to do something, or they were just going to chew us up. So, and we had an England tour coming up, and all that type of stuff. And it's enough's enough for these guys. So, we we agreed to these points, and then we went to Sydney. Um, A B took eleven wickets, seven for forty-six in an innings. Yeah, I know how did that help? <laughs> I uh, still got that clipping uh, DNA. To you, idiot. <laughs> uh, and then, and then, um, <laughs> you idiot. And we won the game in four days. Not one of our batsmen took a low, tail, took a backward step. And then Murph helped me get 200, um, while bat, batting at, at Adelaide. We had a winning draw, you can call it that. We really hurt the West Indies, nearly won it on a flatty. Yep. Uh, and then we went to England as the worst team ever, ever. And we weren't, we've just been through the best team of the world. And we, and we nearly, nearly beaten them two tests in a row. Four zip. Yeah. And Steve anyway, Ward just made it. Uh, Terry Oldham came in professional, stump to stump. Jeff Lawson was brilliant about he was the one about the Graham Gooch position. He helped me sort that out as well as the leg slip for David Gower and we bolted and Ian Healy could take those catches. He's brilliant. Um and it was just absolutely brilliant. And then we started to believe that we're good enough. And and well, we always thought we were good enough by the way to beat them. But once once we once we got them at um where was it uh, at Tre- not Tre- Old Trafford? That was special.
0: It was a well, I was a remarkable tour, and I remember Steve War making runs, and you just
1: batting like you were born to bat. E- everyone got runs, and everyone got yeah. wickets. Trevor Holmes. That's right, and even Campbell got, got, got one game, and he got wickets and that, or whatever. I reckon.
0: I reckon you only played twelve blokes. And Campbell was like the one King, that one
1: of them, yeah, got yeah, he's he's the, the money. one that got left out. But even Tom Moody and all those guys, they got runs in in the county games, and, yep. and Tim Zura um, and uh, all these top. Well, those, they all did something in the county games. Everyone did something on the tour, and that, which is rare because normally, when you go on tour, someone always misses out or doesn't play well or is badly injured or something like that. But we took our catches, and you know we. Yeah, Terry Alden was just unbelievable. you imagine 41 wickets? If someone got 41 wickets and Ash's test, they'll be naming a ground yeah. after him. But he's done that twice. So what were you bowled at, Dino? Was he, because it was sort of pre-speed. Was he a 132 type man? Yeah, about that, or? yeah. Okay. Stump to stump.
0: He just made a mess of Gucci, didn't he? Uh, he did. Just by oh, cutting He it, made a mess of well, everyone. He did, yeah. He, he got did.
1: 19 LBWs, seven bat pads, I think seven bold, and a few... No one else either caught behind or caught a first slip. That's all they were because yeah. he just bowled so straight. No one got caught at mid off or anything like that. He just, just bowled. And they kept playing outside the line and he'd nip it back and bang, hitting the pad. So it's so just th- ridiculous. At, at this time, and this is what we
0: started this whole thing by saying, I can remember coming to the MCG. At that stage, you were the preeminent one day player in the world. No one had run between wickets like you. No one had shown the, the flair. Um, what, what was it like being dominant? In a truly international sport Because you were dominant And the crowd was Especially the MCG If Dino was walking
1: out to bat It was down tools It was I wish I had that confidence In the test cricket Because I always felt That I was fighting from a spot Right I, You know I batted at number three And they dropped me down to five Or they dropped me I yeah, Hadley went through me That's fine But I never got the three position Even though I averaged 48 For for Australia Back then mm. But number three And they dropped me down to five And then they put me up at four And five And I got You know I averaged 68 Against the West Indies, a batting of four, and they'd be one of these spots. So I never really felt got my own little cubbyhole, if you want to call it that. So, yeah, so, but in the one day, as so I I honestly felt, I owned it. And they, I won. And that's the way it looked like you were batting. Yeah, uh, I owned it. but And I went after them, and then I had a plan how to go after them. I so said, I'm going to take them on the first 15 overs, and then everything's about trajectories, keeping the ball flat. And running hard between the two uh, between the uh, wickets, and then come to the forty first, forty second over, then I'll go ballistic again if I if I'm in that long. So that, that was basically how I played it, and uh, understanding using the weight of the ball, and keeping the ball in the inner circle, and be able to pinch twos and, and all that type of stuff. And playing on big grounds helps, but you know the the bats that we use now, are autographed bats compared to what they use now. Yeah. So it's uh, so my game. Had played to like the golfers with the persimmon wooded heads. If I got the big drivers that they got today I would have played in the small grounds I would have played the game completely different. So how would you go in the modern IPL
0: do you think? You'd be one of those clear the front leg and go over mid wicket? Oh definitely
1: yeah, and inside out over cover if I, if I get that going but the, I'd be doing more weights I'd be understanding how to create using your hips to create bat hand speed and bat speed people think it's in the arms it's not it's in the hips You still have that footwork though which would hold you in especially in the IPL yeah, you do not so much footwork because of the pitches. Uh, there are some average T twenty decks, but these guys now they just they just the way they train and they just the, yeah. they, uh, they they couldn't believe if we showed them the old Eden Gardens or the old MCG and you have to play without you know I only hit um, five sixes at the MCG, you know five. I'm uh, playing on the ground, but now the ground's so small, the smaller now. The actual ground is 10 metres in from the southern stand for the old, the actual yeah. fence. People understand it's another 10 metres back when I played. So And you had that
0: little bat, the little kookaburra. That, that uh, little bat, uh, I don't know how it ended up. I was playing a game of cricket for uh, Deakin University, and I think one of the guys must have. Played at Carlton and he'd got, oh, he'd say, oh, I've got buddy one of Dean Jones's bats. He used it in the one day and he used it. And then I said, oh, can I have a go? And I mm. went out, <laughs> number four, sneak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but if I had a good middle or that's not. why he gave could, it away. Yeah, <laughs> it was no good to me. There's, there's, um, I guess in the time I've been watching cricket, and, and and it always comes back to this. There's probably two great mysteries in Australian cricket. One mm. is Brad Hodge. I think you know 200 in a Test match, five Test matches, average 50 odd, and you nearly you know 50 Test matches, averaging close to 50. You go to Sri Lanka, you you top the average with 55. You, you're you're in your heyday. You come home, and the next summer you're not picked in the Test team. And I've never heard an explanation for it. I don't. I don't know if you still lie in bed thinking, "What did I do wrong?" Or I've got an idea, or what happened?
1: Uh, Well, as you said, I got the runs from Sri Lanka, and I came back home, and we. we You averaged
0: fifty five there.
1: Yeah, and and in the one days as well. But the fact was that we got completely washed out. We couldn't even practice on turf at any stage for one month leading into the first test. So, we. I got there three days before, as you do, before the test match in, in Brisbane. And the green and the pitches are green as they always are there, the practice pitches. And Billy running in, Craig McDermott with a new ball, and and he thinks you know gorilla teeth, and he's swinging it and bouncing and all it. this. Uh, and I couldn't lay bat on it. And Simo just said, "Well, we're not going to pick him." So I not and and Damien on the Martin, basis of a practice basically session, basically that because I hadn't played a match at all. So and then Damien Martin got two hundreds and four or three of the shield matches and one that we're playing against the West Indies you know so they dropped me um, I was 12 the man oh, they just told me in the morning of the match You were you ready to go expecting to play? to play yeah but I already had a way I was going to play until I was going to play in one day style I was going to be like, like I was in in, in 1989 and in 91 where uh, we went to the West Indies and I, you know, I just sit there and prop and wait for the ball—a bad ball. You have to get in their face. You have to play one-day cricket against them. Or I thought, and that's the way to play them. and I already had a set plan. So did it hit you when Simo said you're not in, or did you think? Oh, ball, I was dumbstruck. Right. And what upset me the most is the teams were announced at the Gabba, and I was named twelfth man. Which, and everyone clapped. And I said, well, "Hang on, why would they be clapping me? Being no, dropped to twelfth man? Where's the fairness in that?" And I, I was so. Like, I was filthy as hell mm. I was the worst 12th man I ever known but the fact was that after that I was dropped for Shane Warne not a bad miss and then when you play when we play against the West Indies and you have we realise they can't play spin so when you play May and Warne you can't play three quicks because that means three quicks plus two spinners Ian Hilly has to bat at six he's not good enough to six as you know so they they relied on Mark War, Steve Wall, um, and Martin's and could the bowl first change? Because we pick our teams by our, our defence, was their bowling. We pick our bowlers first. Then we worry about our batters fitting in. And that's the right way to pick a test match, by the way. Uh, don't worry about picking who's our opener, batters, and three, four, five. No, it's the other way around. So um, anyway, they, uh, those guys got picked b- before me. And you know what? Since that day to... The time I retired is probably another seven years on. We only lost one series, two series of that. So in other words, they'd done the right thing. Yeah. But but, but was I upset? You betcha. I was 31 and I finished. Michael Hussey didn't even start his career then in Test cricket. And I'm finished at 31. And I didn't want to play one-day cricket anymore because I I thought it was – once you – you're not the complete player anymore – you know, it was an ego thing. You could talk about that. And what is, Did I say anything to, an, uh, to a selector? I had a go at Trevor Holmes. You know, he's a bit ex-teammate, so he should be able to, you know, not stand on his high horse. He wasn't that great a test player, you know, to say, how dare you say that stuff to me. I? And, I, and I did have a go at him, though I deserved to be treated a bit better. You know, and then – anyway, so I, I didn't want to play the one day. So I ended up going to – didn't play for a while. Then I got picked for the South African Tour. Because of Damien Martin played that awful shot at, at Adelaide, oh, we lost that match by Fanny Oh, we, we lost that match by seven runs or something, um, chasing one hundred and twenty-one or five, and we didn't get there. And it was which cost him about eight years of test cricket, probably in a, way,
0: yeah. did, yeah. Yeah, he,
1: in a way. Yeah, yeah. In a way, that probably needed yeah. it too, because he was a little bit different bloke, and you know. Anyway, but he one of the great players he turned out to be for Australia, um, and then and then. Uh, it, we were three all in the one day as I didn't plan the Test matches. Uh, oh, oh, before that, I'll, I'll quickly say that Mark will break a hand or a thumb, or we thought was that, um, leading into the match, and they made Maddie Hayden twelfth. Uh, uh, maybe as his replacement, and I looked at. It, I went, Hang on, is he? Where? Did, when's he batted for in his life? Anyway, I said nothing at the team meeting. Team meeting left, and I said to Simo and AB, I said, Look, I've made runs on this tour. I've made more runs than anyone first class cricket. Why is he on standby, and not me? And AB looked at me and said, uh, We're looking for other people, Dino. I said, Why the hell am I on this tour then? And he said, Well, we didn't pick you. The selectors did. And, OK, is that what you want? AB I said, well, All right, I'll tell you what, Skip, I'll stay here for the tour, and that's it. I'm going home. I'm, I'm done. I've retired. So he said, Well, whatever. So I got to three all in the one-dayers, and then they dropped me for the last match, last ODI match. And I was absolutely furious. They made me 12th man. And I said to Mark Taylor and Booney, who, by the way, vice-captain and selectors, they were two selectors, I said, what, you are you abusing your situation? You said you're a better one-day player than me? You're kidding, aren't you? I said, that's the way it is. I said, that's right. I'm not going to charge you. They picked me on that tour. I'm not going. So I went home, made enough. So...
0: When we started this discussion about test cricket and you said it was something like 70% of blokes play less than 10 tests and yeah. you wanted to succeed. So you've had a magnificent test career uh, with which some of the highlights we've talked about. Do you look back on it now and think, yep, I stoked about that or do you look back on it and think I deserve more test matches I could have had more test matches like like if I look at it I think wow give me that every day of the week how do you look back on it
1: oh look I probably should have played honestly another 20-30 more test matches without doubt um, but in all honesty I come back from the West Indies and if you said to me, Howie Dino, you're going to play, you know, 52 tests. You're going to play 160 odd oh, one days. You're going to win two Ashes series. You're going to win a World Cup. You'll be a World Cup champion and, and all be the, this, the and, known uh, best player in the world for a while. Whatever. And and I'll be thinking you're on drugs. Honestly, I, I thought I was just a nuffy back then. I, you know, I've been beaten up by the West Indies, and I'm just trying to get through life. So you're a glass half full man looking back on it. I'm very proud of my achievements. What I've done for Victoria. Uh, what i have done for Derby and Durham and playing around the world and, and now I'm a coach for Islamabad and doing all that. I'm still I'm 55 years of age, still making an e- earning from the game. Uh, the game doesn't owe me anything. You know, it never has. Should I have been treated better? Yeah, you betcha. But, you know, I come from that environment. You, know, you get whacked on the chin, you stand up and, you know, you wait your time, be yep. patient and give it back to him when it comes and I'm waiting for that time
0: will happen again. So you've had plenty of roles outside of cricket um, commentary, which mm. I've... Found myself involved in, and I love it. To me, it's well. You, you can tell from this discussion. It's like mm. I, I won the lottery to get to commentate cricket. Do you enjoy commentating the cricket. What? How do you? What do you try and bring to a game of cricket when you're behind the microphone?
1: Um, a good question. Um, why? Why Shane Warne was so great. It It helps with when you have a person like Richie Benno describing how he's trying to set up a bowler, a batsman, mm. and these little subtleties and varieties and these strategies that he goes about doing in his work. And, and he was brilliant at it. And we understood leg spin first time better than ever in any time because Richie said it so simply. He educated us. Spot on. And we are educators as commentators. Have we got the best out of understanding how Ricky Ponting set, set up a, a bowler and how he went? We haven't really. Ian Chappell and Tony Gregg and these and Bill didn't really give us that. So I'm trying to – it's a difficult job. Um, I was in Dubai only last year with Pakistan and Australia and, and I'm getting smashed on Twitter a little bit that I speak too much. But the people don't understand that you got to know your audience first. If you're commentating here in Australia, you let the pitchers do the talking a little bit. Uh, but in India, they don't want you to be silent. They want to throw them stats. They want you over-the-top Bill Laurie style. They want you bang, bang, bang. Danny Morrison. Danny Morrison. And he's still the best T20 commentator in the world. So that that that's the way they want you. But here in Australia, they don't want you like that, or in England or New Zealand. So you've got to commentate a little bit differently. And some, sometimes you get pigeonholed a little bit differently than you should. Because if I got a gig at Channel 9 or or whatever, or say even, even with a big bash with Channel 10, I'd yep. be... Definitely calm the farm a little bit. But you get told by down your earpiece by your director, up it up, get, get it going because it's,
0: it's a bit flat. And I don't think people understand how many messages you get in that earpiece oh, you're when, you,
1: when you're trying to talk. Yeah, and it's difficult. <laughs> it and the, is. And the hardest job of all, out of all of it, is actually the toss. Because not only do you got the director barking down your ear, there's relay around the ground, yeah, and don't stuff it up because it's the only thing that's going live. And I always forget who's won the toss and what. The, oh, congratulations, oh. Graham
0: Smith! You won the toss and yeah, well, that's why I have
1: my floor my is you're at the back of the camera going, "They're padding." That's what you need. <laughs> it's funny what can get out of here. I was uh, I was mm. in
0: Dubai working on the the. Um, the, the Champions League, yeah. which was a really interesting tournament um, mm. in February uh, with some of the legends of the game playing some of the current players while you were there uh, with the Pakistan Super mm. League. Mm. So I, I'd get home and, and watch what you guys are doing. It's a really good comp, really mm. good comp. It looked like good fun and you were, you were involved there coaching.
1: Yeah, and we won the first year and, and interestingly it was so big at the end that it, it's the first time ever that at Dubai Stadium had been full. Right. Twi- and they filled it twice.
0: Isn't it bizarre how it's just desert? It's as green as Royal Melbourne's greens in July. They
1: and they drop 15 tonnes of sand on it every year yeah. because of the, the dust, storms and sandstorms. So it's, yeah, and, and it was so big. This is where people don't understand how big it is. They're 10 times worse than a Collingwood supporter of the Pakistani Indians. They just love it so much. Yeah. And our final, last two finals, were watched by 77% of televisions in Pakistan. Now, that's 180 million people in Pakistan. 77%. So we talk about... What are we talking? AFL football? We have got twenty-three million. It's if it's watched by four and a half million, you've At done most. really well. At most, like we're talking seventy-seven so percent. that's
0: fifteen percent. Seventy-seven percent. She's a big deal
1: then. <laughs> that's a big deal. And, so and, and fantastic. And, and, a country by. that's and it's been
0: yeah. deprived of cricket for everything that happened with the Sri Lankans. And I had the opportunity to sit next to Amir Sahail in that tour mm. I was telling you about, and he yeah. was explaining to me how much the Pakistani
1: people were grieving about not being able to see their cricketers. Yeah. And, and there are got kids there in that team right now who've never played a home, a home game for Pakistan. Yeah. Never original. played. And they've only played away. Can you imagine that? No. And it's, it, 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 it is sad for them, but it's harsh realities. And they've got to deal with it. And they've got to move on. So they've got to create their own culture, their own environment that they can control. Because all that stuff's out of their own control. So they've got to go about and And, and you know what? It's better than making roads as Dag would say or, yeah. or, or as I was uh, working because I had a job when I was playing for Australia working in prisons Department of Corrections. What were you doing? And prison detective, so all that type of stuff. Yeah, we were what, doing that. What were you doing? Well, we, we, we were paying the bills of um, prison, uh, prison securities and food and all, doing all that type of stuff and prison, making sure prison securities are right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So while I was doing that. That just happened to have because they would give me flexi time yep. to go to train and to go on matches, and I would use my rec leave to go and to so go and play cricket for so Victoria. So would you love to
0: be a modern cricketer now that you could?
1: Truly dedicate yourself to your profession. Oh, I really think it's a difficult job because uh, I hated guys looking at me for my vision and the way I played and had you know people these coaches coming out and so oh, he's got a weakness outside of stamp I always got that. It'll be unbelievably difficult. Um, the, the media is so hard in your face now. The digital media you can't do anything at all now. Uh, they get paid massive amount of money now, which is cool. Um, and if you're used to it, it's fine. Uh, but I always felt I didn't like people picking on my technique or, or this wrong or that wrong because I, I, I could take it from an Ian Chapel or a, or someone else, but I'm not going to take it from 2Bob from Mount Waverley. I'm yep. sorry because who the hell are you? you know, so I, that, Which is that's what happens what made modern me, you know? sport
0: journalism now. It, yeah. it becomes uh, opinion rather than description. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the media has completely changed because the power is the players. Yeah. It's not the coach, it's not the CEO, it's not the selectors, it's the players because if you right now have said something wrong about um, Buddy Franklin uh, needs to do this, they will find a way to sack you. Yeah. So you all you do now is kiss their backsides, give your little opinion where he needs a little bit, bit of work. That's why I think guys like Dermot Brereton and these type of guys are very well aware, but you've got to be very careful about being too critical on these players because – they'll get you and it's already happening in the bcci in indian cricket where they've got their own commentator school now they've got university for for commentators to come through to to program these guys to say the right things at the right time do they really absolutely now so they're doing that now so they're going to the sooner or later it will be cannibalizing us old guys out of a job to get jobs around the world so that that's that's where it's going now So I didn't know that. Yeah, so maybe I need to (laughs) enrol. Well, (laughs) you want future work? That's basically how it works. But, but it's you have to be so careful of what you say uh, about um, board policies, about oh this pitch is awful, and I'm telling you they'll be on you like a like in like yeah. Now this normally finishes, Dino. I've got
0: Uh, I've got uh, the Howie
1: Games. Where the Howie Games comes
0: to a conclusion when I tell you about my two children. Yes. One is age
1: six. Yes. Name.
0: Uh, Sky that operates as the pickle.
1: Right.
0: (laughs) And one is my son, four, Mac, who for some reason only answers to the the name of the
1: big penguin. Right. Pickle and the big penguin. Pickle
0: and the big penguin. So I always get one of them to ask a question. I tell them a little bit about. So I just said to the big penguin this morning before Kinney, this guy is a cricketer. He played for Australia. He travelled all around the world. His name is Dean. Mm. So you have to finish this by uh, answering the question from the big penguin. Here it comes. Hey, Dino, um, big penguin here, um, <laughs> what's your favourite
1: trophy you've got? Interesting, a kid will ask me about a
0: trophy. He's so into medals and trophies. Do you know why? Because he's a Hawthorne supporter. and oh, they always Oh, there <laughs> the trophy it is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he is! Three times in a row. <laughs> so, uh, that's the big question
1: from the penguin. What's your favourite trophy? It's interesting. It took 20 years before we got it, I got that trophy. We won the World Cup in 1987 and it took the Australian cricket board 20 years before they gave us our World Cup rings. Did they really? 20 years. So in 2007 they... We got it just before the boys nicked off to go to the West Indies where they won there. And they gave you a ring, did they? Yeah, we got a, we got a World Cup ring. Right. Yeah, so it was probably that. Uh, that Trophies. It's interesting. No, that's a trophy. To a four-year-old, But if you walked in my house at home, you wouldn't see one baggy green cap would I, would I have any indication photo? that you played cricket not, not one bit you wouldn't right. even see anything anywhere right because I always thought it's just a stepping stone in my life and it's a wonderful channel that I went through and and you' just gotta it's all about balance really and now we, we just sort of go through day to day and life to life and business to business now but it, it'd probably be well I look back at it, I never think of 210. Madras, I don't think of... Yeah, you can't remember it. Why? Well, I don't even think, oh, how the hell did I do that? Or, you know, or 100 there or 200 against the West Indies. I always think about the times when we won. Oh, you now, the Alan Border inviting all the families in and brothers and sisters into the grooms at Old Trafford when we won the Ashes for the first time in 50 years in England or we're in a, a dressing room, which, by the way, you could fit the Russian army in. It was that big at India... Um, and we are only got 14 guys in there. And and Jeff Marsh said, what the bloody hell have we just done? <laughs> you know, and it was, those moments, it's... They're, they're, form, they're, they're what, forms of trophies. Yeah, they're, they're my trophies.
0: Hey, yeah. Dino, I can tell you this now because you agreed to do it with the end of it. I've only ever taken one sign to a sporting event, and I went to the MCG and, I don't know, got the sheet from <laughs> mum's bed and wrote, <laughs> and wrote on it. Dino you're a legend and there was a lot of those signs it wasn't that original but you are a legend and it's been um, it's been a great treat to sit here and have a chat with you Mm. um and you've been involved in some magnificent moments, and may everything continue to go so well for you. Thanks for joining us on the Howie Games, mate.
1: Thanks, mate. Thanks for reminiscing, Dean
0: Jones, superstar. Thanks to Dino for being involved. As you can hear in that episode, I'm a big fan of his work, so it was great to sit down and have a chat with him. Thanks to Michael James, our producer, for getting us to air. Thank you to all of you out there for listening. You know the drill. Please continue to subscribe, tell everyone about us, send us tweets, social media, Facebook, etc. On Mark Howard 03 and let us know what you think. Another episode of the Howie Games coming out next Thursday. Until then, peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try,
1: try. If we try, try, try. If we
0: try, try, try. listener.